1: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ben's with Bubba. Continuing our season previews, team by team, all 30 teams around Major League Baseball to get you ready for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. Tonight, we're talking Detroit Tigers baseball, folks. It's going to be a fun one, you know, I always say bad teams have fantasy relevance. We're about to find out. And in order to uh, to break down the Tigers for me, a friend of the show, a gentleman I got to meet with the Triple Play House Boys in Arizona He's on Triple Play Fantasies podcast once a week, the baseball show with the boys, the Mindy boys and Mr. Little Cheesecake himself. And he writes over at fantracks.com. Find him on Twitter at Marty underscore Tallman. Marty, how are you doing, my friend?
2: Hey, thank you for having me. As always, it's an honor to be on the show. Uh, super excited to talk about fantasy baseball. Less about my Detroit Tigers as they have been bro- breaking my heart uh, pretty much since like 2013. But um, outside of that, you know, I'm, su- I'm super pumped, man. Thanks for having me
1: always always a pleasure it's great chatting with you as always Um, and uh for those that you know this podcast uh we're recording on behind the scenes recording on tuesday it'll probably come out on thursday but um i'll be joining marty and the boys next wednesday night february yes, 1st to talk some third base so make sure you guys watch the triple play fantasy guys they're always pumping out some awesome content over there um what else you guys got going on Like promote your stuff you're writing a fan tracks everything else
2: yeah, right at Fantrax, and I want to um, – we're actually filling up the Triple Players Ball, uh, which is a 15-team draft and hold on NFBC, uh, the NFBC. It's an overall league, so we just filled up League 1, and we're currently filling up League 2. So it's a mix of you know the Triple Play Fantasy crew, me, Doc, Art, Demendi, industry experts. Um, were you in it last year in the uh- – that's obligatory. No, hey, we're gonna have to get you in this year, so don't worry about that. And then the rest of our TPF community. So, um, if you want to, you know, hop in. And the biggest thing is here. Um, it, well, if you are interested, DM me at Marty underscore Tallman on Twitter. I can get you in there. And the winner takes home the TPF Golden Cleats Trophy, which you can sweet. find pinned on my Twitter. It's by far the most beautiful trophy in fantasy yep. baseball and maybe all of fantasy sports. So yeah, we'd love to have you sweet. in there, Bubba, and you know the rest of uh, you guys listening as
1: well. I think I'll have to jump in. I know Mindy mentioned it. We did the Twins preview last week. And um, I think your guys' goal this year is, I think, was was there three leagues last year? Yeah, three leagues last year. We want four. four, four, So we're going for 60. Six. Yeah, okay. So we'll make it happen. We'll get there. I'll jump in one and we'll we'll have some fun. And that's like 50 bucks, 15 team DC formats overall for the the play is ball. And it is a phenomenal trophy. It is just outstanding. Um, I love stuff like that. Uh, sometimes it's those trophies are better than you know I'm taking home a couple couple bucks once in a while cuz you know they say flags fly forever that trophy yep. will, if i win that that thing will be right here <laughs> on every show if you don't know if on you YouTube. saw
2: but the guy who won it last year he's hilarious he put it on um he like he's holding it up um and he looks like he's about to put it on his mantle and he moves the picture of his kid and wife and he puts <laughs> it on the ground and replaces it with the tpf trophy <laughs> it's that's absolutely incredible
1: that's outstanding <laughs> that's the kind of stuff i'm talking about yeah right, i keep saying every once in a while twitter comes through that's good stuff right there yep. so enjoy it folks well there might be more laughs on the show. We'll find out here in a bit. But we're talking Detroit Tigers fantasy baseball relevancy because, you know, we don't want to talk about real-life relevancy. Let's talk fantasy baseball. So we're going to go hitters. We're going to go pitchers as usual. Um, I'll reference NFC ADP from, like, January 1st, give or take. Uh, most of these guys are going to come uh, later in drafts. And let's just start with the guy that I know I've been all in on for years, not in on him this year. Uh, but it's, like, intriguing because you hear some people talk about Javi Baez, Yep. And when you actually talk about Javi Baez, I'm going to have an ADP of like 165, way different than we're used to with Javi yep. Baez. So, what are you thinking? Like, it finally caught up with him last year, but was it just the first year in Detroit? Is it that ballpark? Is Javi breaking? What are you thinking?
2: Well, yeah. And I wanted to start off by saying the Tigers organization, just in general, is a team in transition. So, we have a completely new front office and a completely new set of hitting coaches. We were, by, we were like top five. Um, or bottom five worst hitting teams in all of baseball. Every single person you can think of on the team uh, was terrible. And I don't say that like, like lightly. they were absolutely terrible. So the good news about all the Tigers this year is that they're super cheap. The bad news is none of them are really that good. And I think (laughs) the biggest, uh, the biggest move that they made is the, the new dimensions of Comerica Park. So, you know, they're going to bring they brought in the uh, center field um, center field by 10 feet. But more importantly, they lowered the right center field wall from 13 feet down to seven feet. So we should see a little bit more home runs. Uh, Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green both hit balls last year. They went four hundred and twenty five feet from home plate and they were both fly outs, which is just absolutely ridiculous. So overall, we should see an uptick in offensive numbers due to a brand new set of hitting coaches and a little bit smaller of a park. So uh, back to Mr. Baez. So Roster Resource has him hitting second in the lineup. So plenty of at-bats. We know how much they paid him. They paid him everything. So he's going to be constantly playing no matter how bad or good he does. And I wanted to I wanted to ask you something, uh, Baba. You want to hear something depressing? Sure, why not? Sure. Baez is projected for the highest batting average for the Detroit Tigers, according to the, <laughs> the Bad News. Yeah, for the starting lineup. And that's at a 249. So oh, um, the highest <laughs> the highest <laughs> batting average. So over uh, the bad Axe has him for 584 plate appearances, batting 249, 18 bombs, 67 runs, 64 RBI, and 12 stolen bases. So with his ADP, he's currently the 18th shortstop off the board. Um he's not gonna be as bad as he was last year. You know, he can, I think he can still provide you the 20 home runs, 10 stolen bases. And where his ADP is at, I really like him, especially if he's going to be your middle infielder. You know, I think that's where
1: you're going to be able to find some good uh, some good use for him. What do you think? And that's... Oh, sorry. What was you going to say? No, no, that's it. Okay. Um, that That's kind of the thing is I make a lot of my like dumb claims. Like, I'm out on Javi Baez in November. And then the beauty of doing all these podcasts and doing all the writing is, like, you start seeing things. You look at things. Projections come out. And then you... Your biases are farther away now because, you know, it's been a bit to like let, you know, emotions settle. Yeah, you got that. Hey. We're, here, we're here all night. Um, <laughs> but the things you mentioned is what I'm kind of starting to wrap my head around. It's like we always talk about roster construction and the way the drafts flow and all that kind of stuff. Well, if it works out, we're all of a sudden, you know, at round pick 160, 170, maybe bias falls to like 185 or something. You never know what draft you're in. And now he's your middle infield, like you said. You know, projections have him for 18 and 12. Like, don't worry about the runs and RBIs. That's the Tigers thing. That's going to be a, a weird deal. Who knows? But the power, the speed, 18 and 12 is a conservative angle for him. Maybe he gets more comfortable in Detroit. Maybe things go better, and he's back to, like, a 23, 24 home run guy with, like, 15 steals. Pretty darn good for a middle infielder, like you said. And so that's where I had to, like, start sit back and, like, okay, in that scenario, I can see it working out on my team. If he gets 240-plus, it's a win like we're happy with that cuz there's we all know swing and miss is coming. Like that's just what bias does. But you don't want that to stop cuz that's who he is. That's how he does what he does. So um originally I was like 100% not drafting Javi Baez this year. I don't have any in my early drafts, but at least he's coming into my radar as I navigate drafts differently as the draft season goes. so I'm with you on that as a middle infield option, I can see it happening.
2: You got to be healthy. You know, you can't, you have to say you're not going to draft Javi Baez or what are you doing? You know what I mean? You're setting yourself up for failure. But if he falls down at, you know, around pick 200, you're not not going to take him there. You know, he's going to, he has upside, especially with all the plate appearances
1: he's going to have in Detroit. It's like the million dollar man says everyone's got a price. So um, let's talk Riley Green. This is the one coming out of camp last year. Everyone was pumped on it, gets hurt. So he misses a good chunk of the season. Really never seemed like he got comfortable after that. Now he's projected to to be the dude sitting in the middle of that order this year. Uh, you mentioned the fly ball that he did not get a home run on. Uh, how are we looking at Riley Green? He's got an to be closer to 200 right now.
2: Yeah, so Russell Resource has him batting third in the lineup. Bad X projections have him for 584 plate appearances, batting 244, 13 bombs, seven stolen bases, 65 runs, 55 RBIs. You kind of touched on it coming in the last year. I mean, spring training hit a bomb off Garrett Cole. He was looking good, you know, he his uh he got some helium in his ADP and then he fractured his foot. So any anytime you, you know, fracture your foot and you're off for 2-3 months just trying to do all the rehab you can just to get back and then the comeback as a rookie, it, it's going to be tough. So um I, we expect him, you know, to be fully healthy this year. I am a little bit afraid of his injury uh, risk moving forward because he dives for everything in the outfield. Like he does not take any fly ball off. He's all over the place. He's going to do everything he can. And Scott Harris talked about another reason why they lowered the wall um, was for that Riley Green can rob more home runs. Yep. So he's gonna be jumping all over the place. So that kind of makes me scared. But when you look at his um ADP, he's going around like Alex Verdugo, Whit Merrifield, uh, Newp, uh Newpar New Bar. And you know, I like I think where he's at. I, I really do like his ADP. I'm gonna have a couple shares on him.
1: Yeah, he's interesting. He's very interesting. The prospect pedigree is great, like we both said, he's he huge. really never never got comfortable last year. It's kind of a weird deal. Now it's like he's not even under, he's not even competing this spring like he was last. year. Like it's your job, kid. Like show up. You're hitting the middle of the order. Relax. Like just work on you. And that that's a big difference. That's a huge difference for a ball player. So um, I, I am curious with him. When you mentioned the ADP, and it, that gets to the point of the draft where it's kind of like, okay, do you want the cautious safe piece, or do you want to take the upside piece? Green's the potential upside piece. You know your Verdugos or whatever. That's kind of your boring. You know what you're going to get piece. And that, that, who, who that, would that's that's you rather difference have Mubar or him. Mm-hmm. That one's so tough because you know everyone's yeah. team new bar on Twitter these days. Yeah. Um I love Newbar. I just can't wrap my head around all of the love for Newbar Bar because there's so many questions in St. Louis. Like he should lead off every day, but Edmund's still there. Like we're not crazy. And you know, Newbar Bar did lead off for most of the if I knew Newbar Bar was leading off every single game or like 140 games, I'd probably take Newbar personally. But it's, it's there's still enough questions where it's a much closer question between the two if that makes sense so yeah that that'd probably be it. and and this is where my dumb biases do come into play is i've seen Newpar do it for a good chunk of a season where i have not seen yep. green do it yet so that's, that's a big diff, big difference I, for me
2: and that's where i go back to like the tigers having a brand new all three hitting coaches brand new you know that he's gonna have um and, and he's currently working right now um with ryan mountcastle um that's down, does not stink down in florida yeah. so i don't know maybe you can give me give him some of that pop but um this is going to be a big transition year for the Detroit Tigers. You know, not only from like real baseball, but fantasy baseball, I, I'm spring training. And this is just overall advice for everybody. When you have a team like the Tigers, you're going to have to pay close attention to what the manager is saying, what the front office is saying about player roles, positioning, you know what they're going to do with these guys. Because I think in us in the industry, we, we do this as well. It's like, we focus on ADP. We focus on what everyone's doing in our little bubble, but there's this thing called real baseball. And like we're gonna have to see what are they gonna do with these players how are they gonna you know what are their roles gonna be riley Green's cemented we don't have to worry about that but as we get further down in this tigers teams there's nothing but question marks
0: the best way to learn a language immersion living where the language is spoken and using it every day but if that's not in the cards this year you can still learn a language the second best way and that's with Babbel. be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners right now. Get up to sixty percent off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com/slash/bluewire. That's sixty percent off at babbel.com/slash/bluewire. Spelled b-a-b-b-e-l dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Yeah, hundred percent with you, and that's what makes it fun. Like I made the joke at the beginning, but I've said it for years on my show. I love bad teams because there's good fantasy value throughout them. There's always – they're still going to score runs. They're still going to do things that you don't have to pay a premium for them. And then if they, they hit that next level, it's gravy. And so that's what's kind of fun about some of these guys. And, you know, you talked about maybe Mount Castle can give Green some pop. Maybe he can go see Austin Meadows because I know it was only 36 games last year, but Goose Egg, zero home runs for Mr. Meadows. And obviously he got injured and missed most of the season after that. But ADP of 278, we've seen it in the past decent speed when healthy there's two like fullest seasons he's at 27 and 33 jacks average is always kind of a question with him but when healthy he's a decent ball player it's just been inconsistent so how do you look at Austin Meadows this year you know protect the lead off
2: yeah and, and last year not only was it like several injuries but also mental health issues you know he yeah. was having a tough time and you know we don't know you know we can't peel back the curtain to see what was going on with him but he talked about it. he released a press statement and he was struggling you know with his health mental health and everything like that. So, you know, obviously we all wish him the best from that, from a human perspective. And when you can take care of yourself, that's when you can actually start to do really, really well, you know, physically. So hopefully that's what we'll get. Um, Bad Axe has him for 15 home runs, five stolen bases with a 242 batting average. Um, Yeah. As you said, he's leading off and um, he's, he's being drafted around Jesse Winker who kind of has the same kind of questions marks with, um, you know, uh, kind of, person he is his uh his neck surgery trey mancini aka trey boo boo was that boo boo your boy um so he's hovering around there with with meadows having the full he's gonna have all the plate appearances his role is solidified from what he can possibly offer you i will never get back to the bouncy ball year you know we hit 33 home runs i think that's out of the question i don't know if we'll ever get over 10 stolen bases but he's gonna have all the opportunity to maybe get you know 25 home runs five stone basis, hover somewhere around there, hitting the top of the lineup. You're going to draft where he's where he's at. You're drafting for opportunity and he's going to have all the opportunity in the world. So I don't have any problem with people going for him personally. I won't have too many shares. I I need to see it. I need to see what he looks like in Detroit. But I can't argue with people who are jumping on board because his ADP has gone up uh, about 20 spots since I looked last week. So people are buying back in.
1: Yeah, and I, I completely agree with what You said, like, I can see why people want to buy back in. I'm not one of them. I'm just not, um, for many reasons you mentioned. I'll pass. I'll, I'll take the L. I have no problem taking Ls on certain guys. I'll, I'll do it. If, if he does well, awesome. Uh, I'm just going to pass in that scenario and, and hope he does well, and then we'll talk about him in 2024. Yep. And that, that, that'll that be fine there. But I'm just not going not gonna to do it at that point in time. Now, this is a guy, all those fantasy people, we always write up or discuss on shows. Are my guys at the end of draft season? Jonathan Scope was a my guy at the end of draft season because it wasn't expensive. He can get your corner infield or middle infield. Like the the flexibility was great. If you look at his track record, it was like twenty plus home runs, two seventy ish average, like year after year after year. You know, throw in a couple bags, do this, do that, nothing crazy, but just consistent power, good average, decent like runs and RBIs for where he goes in drafts wow did that not happen last year he hit 202 with 11 homers and five steals. steals was the best of his career but uh that was different the one thing i'll say that's keeping me interested adp of 431 and um yeah supposed to hit cleanup it looks like for the tigers I, so those two things combined at that adp hitting cleanup can't get any worse than last year like i'm kind of intrigued what's your thoughts on scope well,
2: I'll put it this way. I just took him in the um, in the 30th round of the uh, FPAS draft and hold. So, Beautiful. you know. You're in. Yeah. If <laughs> You get him in the 30th round. He's a body. He's projected to play as much as possible. Um, you know, he's he's my uh, third, second baseman on my roster, my backup middle infielder, which I think that's something you want. If you're, like, in a standard 15-team league where you're going to be ad, doing ad drops and stuff, I wouldn't even bother. But um, in a draft and hold, D.C., He's somebody that, um, he, like you said, he's going to have plenty of playing time, batting fourth in the lineup. No one's going to want him, so I don't think they're going to move him. So, um, you know, I think he'll he'll hit closer to his projections. He's, uh, Bad X has him for 14 home runs, um, you know, around 238 batting average, only two stolen bases, 52 runs, 56 RBIs. Like you said, if he's at the back of your roster, I think he'll be uh, somebody you can slide in there.
1: Yeah, gaining the edge. I've been doing um, like later round draft and hold targets. Uh, and I've done all the infield now, I think, actually. The shortstop drop today on Tuesday. And um, Scope I wrote up at first base. I'm just, just for the draft and holds, you just want plate appearances. You want playing yep. time. And you get a guy like Scope hitting cleanup that literally should play 130, 140-plus games. And that's just gold in those formats. And if he finds any sliver of his past success, yeah. you're money ahead. So that's kind of what I'm looking at, like at the price. Um, if he was going around like Austin Meadows prices, I'd probably be out. Yeah. But we're talking past pick 400, 450-ish. We're in that range. And middle still, infield like, is
2: shallow, man, yeah. especially when you get past that yeah. 25th round in a 15-team league. I mean, you know, the other people you're looking at are even worse. Yeah. So at so least it's, he's it's somebody intriguing. with a role
1: at that point. Exactly. 100% on that one. Let's go to the catcher. It might be one of the better fantasy-relevant players on the Tigers outside of like Green and Baez is yeah, Eric Haas. Don't say that. Uh, <laughs> it's it, true, but I've always loved Eric cost He's like catcher, outfield eligible forever. Now i just catcher yeah. only. But when he was catcher, outfield eligible, because they had so many catchers in the way, they wanted to keep the bat in the lineup. Well, now they kind of got rid of some of those catchers in the way. And it looks like we're going to get some uh, full time Eric cost behind the dish. It looks like. I could be wrong. You know much better than I would. So how are we looking at Eric Koss? um I know we're hoping for 100 plus games out of Eric Coss, uh, maybe 110, 120 if he can flex around the lineup somewhere. But what are your thoughts on him?
2: Yeah. So he's going to play every, every uh, time against a lefty, you know, on the mound. And he's talked about in interviews over the last week or so that bringing the fences in is going to help him and his profile. Um, He does strike out way too much. He's 31 years old. It's more than likely his best year in 2021 is behind him. But if you're in a DC, you know, and and you need a, um, you know, as a backup catcher, you could do worse. You know, he's hitting six in the lineup. Bad Axe has him for 11 home runs, 32 runs, 36 RBI um, around 312 plate appearances, which, so he's split in time there, but I think as the year, the year goes on and if he, if, he, if he's able to lift a couple of those balls, you know, over the, um, over the fence, he's going to be playing a, a lot more. Um, I don't, I don't love him. And I, and I think every, I don't know if anyone could, but if he's your second catcher, I think that's okay preferably I wouldn't mind him even being like your third, like in the draft and hold. If he's your third catcher, you're doing good. You're you're doing things right. Cause with catcher this year, specifically I'm going for the Will Smith, you know, I'm going for, you know, a a top five catcher. And then I'm going to get somebody from 10 to 15 because catcher drops off quick. And I don't want to have to be dealing with, you know, the, the Jorge Alfaro's of of the world. You know what I mean? Like I want to get my catcher and roll out.
1: Yeah. A lot of my draft and hold type uh, deals, Um, Haas and like Nick Fortes have been like my two, three. I'm like, I'll rotate those guys as my back, like my catcher two with my main guy. And we're going to rock and roll and hope it all plays out. So yeah, that's where I like Haas. He's definitely not intended to be a catcher one in any format. Do not do that, but, uh, definitely there'll be some catcher two viability as as that breaks down. All right. Mm -hmm. The man that I'm really curious to get the Tigers inside track on, and I think I'm not the only one here is Spencer Torkelson former number one pick. Um, Obviously, year one, Rocky is the nice way to say it. Yeah, very nice. But, Thank yeah, you. I'm, I'm not, Some people say I'm a mean guy. I'm really not. Um, But the thing with Torque, it's like the pedigree is legit. You can't even say prospect pedigree because he really didn't spend a ton of time in the minors. But, you know, the college pedigree, the draft pedigree, whatever you want to call it, the dude's a legit raking. Like, he crushes baseballs. We know that. We saw him in f Pass two years ago. Like, the dude is amazing. I don't know if it was a rookie bump, if it was some injuries or what it was, but it seems like they're back to giving him a full go again this year. It looks like. So what's your thoughts on torque? uh, Who's going on ADP 300 right now?
2: Yeah. And the the Tigers brass has already said they're 100% committed to him being their first baseman. There's no questions asked. Miguel Cabrera has already said he is the first baseman. Um, So there's no questions about playing time. He's going to be there for better or worse. You already said he batted 201 in his rookie season. Obviously, that's pretty brutal, but we got to keep in mind, 24 years old. He has great pitch recognition. He does not um, swing at anything that's outside of the zone. Um, So that's going to be the stuff that really carries over. Max exit velocity was in the 78th percentile, so he's already shown the ability to to put the bat on the ball. And a few months back, uh, Torkelson was talking about how he's actually really happy with his swing and his approach. And he's not going to try to fix too many things this offseason. So when I heard that, I'm like, how do you bet 201 and then yeah. say, you know what? No, I'm good. I, li- I like what I did. So
1: go the opposite of Cody Bellinger.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that 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 gives me a pause for concern. Um, but hey, if you're getting them at his ADP or if you're not bad, if you're not like uh, drafting with any Tigers fans, man, he's gonna drop. There's not, you know, I, there's nothing from what we saw last year, unless you're in like in a dynasty league or something like that, where people are really buying into him. If he's gonna be your corner infielder, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, I'm not gonna say I'm fully in. I watched him, I watched him all year. There's nothing that really stood out. I'm interested to see his spring training. So, on those, you know, when you wait and you do your drafts that are really close to the beginning of the season those are the probably be the times where I'll hop more in on Spencer Torkelson right now, me and torque. I'm i I'm sending it out until I see it on the
1: field. It's fair enough. Fair enough. I think it, it I'll kind of echo the sentiments I, I use with green. And this is coming from someone that played baseball for most of my life before I had to get a real job. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just like the experience and just the comfortableness. As I said with Green, like he's coming to camp. It's his job. It's his. The fact that Miggy's like, hey, Torque, it's yours. Like you're under my wing. Like we're gonna go to yep. camp and I'm gonna teach you stuff and just follow me. Like we got this. That's gonna do a lot for him too. Like that's gonna be big. Like because Miggy, you know, it, seeing him every day. I know just watching baseball. Being a baseball fan, aren't many other guys I'd rather have on my in my corner to like relax me and teach me how Pretty to play baseball. Cool. Like it'd be like, yeah. cause he's so chilly. He'll know how to calm a guy down. He'll know when he's stressing and be like, Hey, come here. Like, let's figure this out. Like, I, yep. and he, he seems like he wants to do that too. He seems like he's embraced that role. Like as like the big brother in the clubhouse. That's what it seems yeah, from the outside. So absolutely. pretty cool to have.
2: Yeah. This is going to be his last, this is, this is Mickey's last season. You know, he's going to soak it all in. He's going to be there to, you know, for the younger guys. And um, the bad projection on Torkelson still has him hitting 16 home runs, 59 RBI, uh, 58 runs, 235 batting average. So the batting average is low. I think we could, I think he'll hit close to the 250,
1: you know. Um, but like I said, we got to see it first. And, you know, he's projected to hit eighth on roster resource. Maybe he starts hitting and he moves up that order. And that could yeah. be a, a big difference, too. Because I think ideally the grand scheme of things, he want the, the Tigers would want him in the middle of that lineup. He's got to so. be the
2: fourth or fifth bat. I mean, even exactly. that, number one overall pick, and there's yeah. no one in front. I mean, we're talking about Jonathan Scope hitting in front of him. Exactly. I mean, that's pretty that, brutal.
1: That, they can flip-flop that spot real quickly. Real fast. Uh, wouldn't yeah. shock me. Um, is there anybody else? Like, you know, they made the big trade. They got Nick <laughs> Soda. They got Nick Baton, uh, Donnie Sands, and Matt Veerling. There's kind of like flexy rotating guys, but maybe there's upside there. Uh, Keel Badu's back. There's a lot of like um, – he's he's a little platoon more often than not. Kerry Carpenter's showing little signs of life once in a while. Is there anybody fantasy wise worth discussing at this point in time?
2: I don't hate Kerry Carpenter. I think that's somebody to keep an eye on. Roster Resource has him fifth in the lineup right now. Um, you know, getting him twelve home runs, a couple stolen bases, nothing crazy there. Akil Badu, who everyone bought into after his big season a couple years ago, um, I think he'll you know, he'll he'll play a little bit. Matt Verling is gonna sub in um on the corner, uh corner spots between uh, Badu and Meadows. So it's We already talked. Meadows will probably, Meadows and Green are the only two outfielders I'm really investing in. The other ones, we're just going to have to see how it plays out. There's nothing that stands out for me. I can't, I I don't trust Badu. Carpenter, I haven't seen enough of. So it's a wait and see for all those guys.
1: Sweet. Let's head to the starting rotation. Where it's it's interesting here, too. And we'll start with my guy who, similar to my biased thoughts, and I don't think this one's going to change. I love you, Rod. Truly do. I think we're gonna have to break up this year because, um, so I, I work with a very wise person on Tuesday nights named, uh, Toby, Toby G bat flip crazy. And he made fun of me all the time because I loved a guy with a whip of like one, four, every single season. Yep. And the more I've like paid attention to things and worked on my roster construction, I'm like, he's right. And that really, really, really sucks for your team. doesn't matter how fun E-Rod is. There are any strikeouts he gets. And he wasn't getting strikeouts last year either. So that kind no. of sucked. So what's your thoughts on Erod? Like, was he just hurt? Was it a blip? Or is you know, one four whip over and over again probably ain't a fluke. This is the most
2: dramatic, like the most drama filled team. Like last year, Erod just left the team at one point. Yeah, and fun. I say left the team, like the the head coach and the front office didn't know why he left. Like he wouldn't talk to anybody. And then eventually it comes out he was having marital problems, you know, and real problems back at home. And so You know, I completely understand that. It's crazy to sign a huge contract and just completely just fall off the face of the earth from the team. So there's some issues there where I can understand why, you know, where I'm going to I don't as a fan, I don't really trust them yet. Um, But, you know, all those issues aside, uh, when he did come back, you know, he went four and two with a three point eight one ERA. You already talked about it. Only 38 strikeouts and 52 innings Um, with his ADP going. Let me ask you this. Um, He's he's going around Jose Quintana. Kendall Graveman, Aaron Savale, and Adam Wainwright. It's to me, bad. Erod has more upside than all of those guys.
1: You're not wrong. Him and Savale would be close to me. Like the, yeah, from, we, it, it, from, what half, from what we saw in the second half, what we saw in the second half with Savale and the way that the Guardians do things, yeah. that one they know how to develop close. pitching. Yeah, so Something the Tigers know nothing about. <laughs> so those two are close because. Yeah, that second half run with Erod, no strikeouts, but he still had the whip. It was just like, dude, what are we doing here? It was so frustrating. His end results, like ERA, and even like just quality of starts were fine. He has crushed you and whip and didn't get strikeouts. It was just like, it was like, what what are you looking for on the squad here? And that's where it crushed you.
2: Yeah, and um, uh, Steamer has him for 169 innings pitched, 152 strikeouts with he a 3.93 ERA.
1: Yeah, he throws a ton of innings. If he literally, if he would just lower the whip to like. Even 125, I'd be a lot more interested. It's yep. just literally you look at his season after season after season, it's like 135 to 145 over and over and over again. <laughs> so, it's just you yep. like, can only do it for so long until something changes. And uh, maybe it is this year again, like you mentioned, not paying a premium, you can drop him real easily that way if things don't work out, or you can just uh, figure it out at some other time. So, we'll see. But the, the I agree, the ceiling is much better with a guy like you, already still young. Like he, we've seen flashes of just like amazing stretches with him, Yeah, all so. of his
2: advanced stats coming into, uh, coming in the last year, you know, his last we're year huge. in, uh, yep. in Boston
1: were great. You know, that's why I was all in, I was yeah, all in. I'm like, too. dude, like, I thought I was on. a
2: smart guy, you know, with the Comerica park being huge and, uh-huh. and coming it all into made the, sense, right? All the AL sense. central. And then next thing you know, he just straight up leaves the team, which yep, yep. yeah, you can't call that. No, you <laughs> no, can't call that at all. That's a weird
1: one. And then trying to come back after that and pitch good luck. Um, Matthew Boyd coming home. This is yeah. kind of fun, you know. I went to the Giants, didn't really pitch because he was still hurt. Traded him with the Mariners, pitched thirteen innings. Great story. I yeah. don't know how many. I don't know how many innings he's going to throw. So I'm really like I'm just going to watch from the side unless you know something I don't know.
2: I mean, they're gonna they're gonna pitch him as much as possible. Um, Steamer has him for 153 innings pitched. That'd be for, quite the uh, jump, huge 141 strikeouts, 4.19 ERA. Um, so I really liked Boyd two years ago. You know, when he, he, his, his fly ball, his home run rate's always huge. And that's something he's obviously always going to need to work on. He's still in Cole park and the dimensions are still pretty good there. I'm staying completely away though. With all that said, there's no reason to invest in him. I don't care how far his ADP, how much he's dropped. I'd rather I'll look somewhere else. There's nothing that stands out. I don't care that his slider was once really good. Yeah. He can't He'll pair be. it with
1: any other pitches. Dead on. Um, the guy I am curious about investing in is Spencer Turnbull, who had Tommy John surgery, missed all of 2022, missed a ch- good chunk of 2021 also. But by doing that, all reports say he's ready for spring training, which is beautiful to see. Should be a full go come opening day, they're saying. You know, he's still not going to go a full season workload because no. he missed so much time. Yeah, but the difference with Turnbull is what we saw before he got hurt, and he kept improving as he, each year was very very nice and his adp is 432 so and like your draft and holds i'm very intrigued with a guy like spencer turbo
2: yeah more i'm more into him as well i think expect somewhere around 130 140 innings i think that would be i I think that would be something we would take um he looked so good before he got injured i had him in a bunch of leagues and i i look like the smart guy you know what i mean like the home maybe a homer pick but actually it all worked out there um i i think if you're if you find yourself needing you know maybe your fifth sixth ideally maybe your seventh pitcher you could do worse I, I i wouldn't mind buying into there um but i wouldn't reach for him by any stretch of the imagination i wouldn't expect what he did two years ago to come back and yeah. you know we, we got to take it's a wait and see approach with him as well
1: yeah i want to see what the velocity looks like you know what yep. to after tommy john he's a spring training guy to watch hundred percent but the the beautiful thing is is He's like I said, he missed basically half of twenty twenty one, a little over half of twenty twenty one, all of twenty twenty two. So it's not like they're rushing him back. He took the full time off yep. and some. So like he's he's ready to rock and roll compared to our others. It's like, okay, they rushed him back, like blah blah blah. Makes it a little more comforting in that regard. Um, Matt Manning is a guy we've seen like some highs and some some definite lows from from time to time. Any interest in him?
2: I do. Here's the guy that I if, if I'm taking a dart throw on one of the Tigers pitchers, it's Matt Manning. I'm planting my flag for better or worse. Um, when he was healthy last year, he was effective. A 3.43 ERA, which was the lowest of any Tiger with at least 10 starts. 3.78 FIP, which is only second to Scooble. Um He posted um, five quality starts in his last nine outings. His walk rate was down. Home run rate was down. His strikeout percentage was up a little bit. His fastball is a lot more effective, um, and he's, even though he's using it more than half the time, and his slider became a really good swing and miss pitch, and uh, had a three point thirty five point eight whiff rate on that. So everything that I saw from him, he's not going to overwhelm you. Overwhelm you with your strikeouts. So you know, it's kind of got that like Kyle Hendricks esque as far as you know, getting you, getting you your innings. Let's say if he pitches one hundred and forty innings, he'll probably get you one hundred and ten Ks, a little bit higher on the ERA, but. From where he's going, he's basically free. And I could see some upside there. So I am in a man, Matt Manning. But if you do go for him, you have to have strikeout upside um pitchers already in place. He's a guy that just, you know, they'll chip away and maybe help you with some counting stats. Get your get your ratios pretty okay. Uh don't fully don't don't reach for him, which is a very big theme here with all the tigers. Don't reach for any of them, which I don't think anybody is, but yeah, no um, I do to. like him.
1: That's the beauty. Like all, almost all these pitchers, e like a 340 or 50 uh, uh, ADP. These guys are all in the mid-400s. So, like, literally these are just pieces to build depth on your, your rosters and DCs and, or waiver wire fodder in a fab league. Like it, yep. it's a beautiful thing to uh, to keep in mind. I remember Manny would stream off and on all of last season. Like there were times where he was very, very valuable, especially in the second half like you mentioned. So I can see some of that playing out as well. Uh, Michael Lorenzen rounds out the rotation. Is he in play or is there any other starters we should keep an eye on potentially uh, throughout the, the season?
2: No, Lorenzen would be the last guy. Um, I mean, Steamer has him for 145 innings pitched, 118 Ks, 4.33 ERA, similar profile to Matt Manning. I- I'm going to stay away. I-, I just don't see a reason to go for it.
1: Yep, that's fair enough, and he's a very volatile guy, so I don't I don't blame you one bit there. Um, we don't see Tariq Skubal this year, right? very
2: minimal i mean they, yeah. they they might be able to fit him in you know at the last um well let me see what i got here he's just i mean he's expected to pitch at some point but flexor tendon surgery his yeah, timetable so is in flux just you know yeah. so just that i would stay away people have been drafting him though my yeah, drafting hold I was he
1: wondering yeah. he
2: went like in the you know like in the some like mid-20 rounds and i'm just like what are, what are we doing here he might be able to pick pitch 60 maybe 70 innings if you're lucky and it's not like he's lights out, so I don't know. I don't really understand that. I think I think, and you'll see with ADP earlier in the year, I don't think people really understood how bad the injury was. Cause no yeah. no one's really watching the Tigers, and I understand that. But once you see what the injury is, see the timetable of return, knowing that the Tigers aren't gonna rush him, yeah. We're not fighting for anything here. You know, they're just gonna see how he slowly develops, maybe have him do three innings here, three innings there, build, build, build up. He might be giving you four or five innings by the end of the season. And then what are we talking about?
1: Yep. hundred percent with you on that. Let's go to the bullpen. Now Gregory Soto's gone. He, he, racked gone. Up, he racked up saves and he racked up a lot of stress too along the way. Um, and this kind of stinks though for drafted home people because Alex Lang was a guy I know. A lot of us were targeting later in drafts and now he looks to be the go-to guy for the tigers. His ADP is, uh, sitting around two fifty-five right now. Uh, does it look like Lang's the guy for, for you when you look at the tigers?
2: Yeah. I mean, look, so, so, uh, Gregory Soto's out, Joe Jimenez out, Andrew Chaffin out. So those are the three leading um, relief pitchers last year. So um, and, and the the president of baseball operations Scott Harris, this is what he said overall about the status of the closer position for the Detroit Tigers. This was only about a week ago. I don't think we're in a position to make any decisions on that front. There's still a lot of off season left. We also want to see how all of our pitchers perform when they go to camp in Lakeland. So AJ Hinch is open-minded to who the closer might be. And there might be several people in that role. So this is when I talk about, you know, before, when I said, you're going to have to pay close attention. Everyone Lang went immediately in the draft and hold after we reset. Oh yeah. Yeah. People like Alex Lang probably, you know, he'll probably be the number one guy. They have him projected for about uh, 17 saves, but it's not, he's not a shoe in, you know, um, Jose Cisnero could get some shots in there. So, um, fantasy managers will have to pay close attention to spring training. That is the main thing. But that being said, Alex Lang overall, it looks like to be the dude, uh, steamer has him for a 65 innings pitch, 72 Ks, 3.61 ERA and um, 22 saves on there. He's projected uh, for more saves than Jose Leclerc, Dylan Floro and Paul Seawald. That so,
1: says a lot actually. Yeah. Um, I like how you mentioned Cisnero because even last year there was chances for him to kind of to take a role. The one name I want to ask you about that I know I've heard from a few others like the Roofs and the um, Greg Jewitts and others that follow the bullpens very, very closely is uh, Will Vest. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on Vest who at times even last year kind of showed some potential, but maybe it was just kind of a random stretch of the season?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, he's another guy. You're going to have to just see what they want to do with him. A.J. Hinch okay. keeps everything close to the chest, you know, as far as, um, or should I say close to the vest with everything yeah. that he wants to do there. But, you know, Will's only 27 years old, so, you know, the book hasn't been written on him. Great fastball velocity. He was in the 74th percentile. Um, but strikeout percentage is meh. His whiff percentage is meh. He he, he he you know his his walk percentage isn't great and he still ended the year last year with a 4.00 ERA over 63 innings. Um 63 innings pitched only 63 strikeouts. So he's not that guy that's going to go in there like a typical closer and get those strikeouts that Lang is. But um he's in the mix just like all the rest of those guys but maybe e- even if you are like the main closer for the Tigers I mean how many saves are we talking about 15 to 20 anything anything above that you're really happy so the secondary guys, maybe you're looking at eight, 10, eight, yeah. 10 saves, you know, so you can kind of in a draft and hole, that's something you can chip away at. You know, I think um, it, it's serviceable, but nothing overwhelming.
1: All right. Let's talk uh, prospects that maybe have an impact at some point this season. That's the beautiful thing about teams that aren't the greatest. Usually they have depth or not. I wouldn't say depth is the word, but kind of prospects that might be close to the area. I know the Tigers have a few. I don't know how great we're thinking they're going to be, but are there any guys that stand out to you to be potentially fantasy relevant this year?
2: And I, you know, I did my deep deep dive here. I went to um, this is probably where I spent the most time, like tr- really trying to come up with a really good answer here. But honestly, no. Yeah. When it comes probably. to fantasy, no, no one is relevant.
1: <laughs> there is <laughs> that's
2: there is no one really to call up that's going to come here and make too much of a um, of a splash. And the reason being is all of their most of their players are either veterans that are solidified in the role who aren't going anywhere or they are they were supposed to be the prospects you know that the take you know the, to lead the tigers to the next uh you know the next form of their franchise the riley green historical sense and everything like that so there's no one really standing out i think 2 3 years from now we'll see like you know young will come up and you know we'll see a couple guys there jackson job you know out of the you know tigers pitcher i think someone that's going to be relevant here uh you know 2024, but nothing really for 2023.
1: Yeah, because like I, I'm even just looking at their pitchers in the system. We saw a little bit of last year, like very small glimpses. Like Joey Wentz made a appearance. Bo Brisky, yeah. I remember that name. Uh, Alex Fado, uh, Zach Log. But none of them are world beaters. I, by any I
2: like Fiedo, but he he's coming off hip surgery. You know, and yeah. he's yeah, he's going to take a little bit to to get back. He he's he's down there in Mize. Obviously, is another guy. Um, I'd you know, coming off Tommy to John. Yeah, yeah. So these. So the, the the roles are are already filled with either injury guys or guys that are up now who are struggling. So yeah. The farm's empty. And damn. you know, just like two, three years ago when you talked about the Tigers farm system, it was everyone was so bright and optimistic. And you see what happens with teams that really don't have good development. Yeah. You know, no one's everyone's taken a step back, you know, since then.
1: Uh, let's just say for some bad reason Eric Haas gets hurt. What about Jake Rogers?
2: I mean, he, he's been up before, you know. Okay. Jake's fine. I, he's defensive first catcher. I was yeah. hoping uh, Dylan Dingler from Ohio State uh, yeah. would uh, would provide a little bit more pop there, and so I think to see him in the next year or so. But um, I mean, Rogers. Will, let's say if Rogers got full the full gig. We're looking at maybe eight home runs, batting two twenty. So, Martin Maldonado. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So,
1: uh, well, I'm, I'm just trying to find a glimpse of hope somewhere. I know. But, uh, I was just we're we're all trying to
2: do that here in the D, and um, uh, you
1: know, hey, that's, Giants yeah. are gonna have a rough year too. If it makes you feel any better? The off season sucked. In a big, it won't big make way. me feel any better. The Giants beat us in the World Series. Well, I was but, I I was there. I was live the game. Pablo went deep three times. I wasn't gonna bring it up. You brought the World Series up. so
2: dude. Every time I. The only saving grace with the Giants is that I played on them in Little League and we won the World Series, or, you know, the championship. So, you know, you I have like it. a Giants t-shirt, you know, still from back, back in the day. So, but outside of that, dude, no, I don't feel anything bad for, uh, for Giants fans. That's you know? very fair. Very, yeah. you
1: know, what's, you know, what's funny too is Marty can probably still wear the shirt. Anything I wore in Little League barely fits my <laughs> left leg probably. So, uh, big, big difference there too. Um, all right, we're going to wrap it up there. Tigers preview in the books, uh, before we head on out, Marty, Remind everybody where they can find you and what you got going on.
2: Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Marty underscore Tallman. You can um, catch me each week on the triple play fantasy baseball pod. We do them Wednesday nights, Bubba. It's going to be excited. I'm excited to have you on that. And then triple players ball, hit me up get into this man. Come, you know, come, come again, come against the triple players and all the rest of the, uh, the rest of the industry. You know, we're really excited and baseball is coming quick, bro. It's
1: coming fast. Yeah. I've I've been, I've been scheduling out these, uh, team preview podcasts and I do them like a week at a time and I'm already scheduling into February and I'm like, it's already February. Like, holy crikey. It's flying by. It's insane that it's literally, um, pitchers and catchers report in like two and a half weeks. Yep. And I want to
2: thank you for having me on. You know, I always love being on the show. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the show before I was, um, you know, quote in the industry. And now that, you know, I'm here, I love being on it. So I love everything you do. So thank you. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm always here uh, to, you know, if you want to get depressed, we can talk Tigers baseball, man. I'm here for you.
1: I always have fun (laughs) talking to you. So next time I have you on, we'll talk about something non-Tigers related. (laughs) Please. I'll make it (laughs) it my best. But uh, everybody, make sure, again, you follow Marty on Twitter at Marty underscore Tallman. Always great stuff from him and the Triple Play boys. But until next time, this was Bench with Bubba, your Detroit Tigers season preview. Catch you guys later.